When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Impact Theory. You are here, my friends, because you believe that human potential is nearly limitless, but you know that having potential is not the same as actually doing something with it. So our goal with this show and company is to introduce you to the people and ideas that are gonna help you actually execute on your dreams. All right, today's guest is an award-winning photographer, entrepreneur, educator, app developer, keynote speaker, which he's done, by the way, on five continents, director and author. His multifaceted talents and creations have not only garnered him a social following measured in the millions, but have led him to create some of the most groundbreaking campaigns for some of the biggest companies on the planet, including Apple, Nike, and many, many others. His unique style and insane amount of hustle have made him one of the top 30 most influential photographers of the past decade, according to Photo District News, and his ability to bring really fresh eyes and creative solutions to old problems has won him countless awards and helped him fundamentally alter the landscape of photography and creative education. He has helped pioneer many of the things that we take for granted today, by the way, including photo sharing apps. He created one a year and a half before Instagram behind-the-scenes documenting, and virtual step-by-step mentorship. He was a champion for transparency long before it was trendy to do so, and realizing that really a core part of his calling was to help other people, he founded Creative Live, a revolutionary online education resource with over 1,000 teachers, including people like Sir Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, and Tim Ferriss. They have roughly 1,500 classes and over 10 million students who have consumed over two billion, that's with a B, billion empowering minutes of content. So please, dearest friends, help me in welcoming the man who quit pursuing a career in professional soccer, dropped out of medical school, and abandoned getting his PhD in philosophy so he could help change the world, the incomparable Chase Jarvis. (laughs) Incomparable. I'm going to remember that one. Thank you so much for coming. I recorded all that shit. I'm going to play that anytime I feel bad about myself. As you should. You should give it to Kate, like on a loop, and just let her know, you know? She would eye roll right now. She's going to watch it. She's like, oh my God, if I don't get enough of that. No, thank you so much for having me on the show. Great spot. Big front door. Yes. I love it. No, it's great. It's great to be in your home. Thank Thank you. Thank you, man. It's great to have you. Super excited about this one. As we were talking about before the camera started rolling, for me, the big thing is I know I'm going to have to do a lot of research on somebody. uh, And so it needs to be somebody that the more I go into it, the more I'm empowering myself, the more I'm learning about something um, that I want to be able to put to use. And dude, just a treasure trove of stuff. And what was crazy is before this, I actually re- I knew you really well as an influencer. So I'd seen a lot of your interviews, uh, you both sides of the camera. I actually didn't know your creative work very well. Uh-huh. So that was fun for me to really go deep cool. on the things you've actually created and, and just 
it's amazing. It's not a surprise that you've had the kind of success you've had. Thank you. Again, just keep layering it on. <laughs> Drinking it. In. No, it's very, it's, um, I pinch myself every day. I wake up, uh, woke up this morning here to say an extra day to do the show. Got a little surf in the fact that we're, you know, coming here to hang out with you and your crew, share the information that we've cultivated and learned from our wins and losses over the last, you know, several years. And then um, on to San Francisco to basically do more of that, go back to Creative Live uh, this evening. It's, yeah, it's a, I, I pinch myself every day. I feel lucky to be alive. I feel thankful to have been able to tap into my passions. I mean, imagine if more people would have both, the, you know, to be put in a position where you could and then to be able to tap into the things that you love and put those together into making a living or a life be a better place the world would wouldn't yeah, it be? for sure it's interesting that you say you know you feel lucky to be alive one of the things i didn't know is that you were caught in or almost caught in an avalanche caught, for sure so walk me through that like what near-death experience obviously has to be a pretty um, mind-altering thing what what was sure. it like what did you take away from it um yeah it's uh, i haven't been very public about that i'm i'm trying to figure out how to tell that story in a way that isn't that doesn't disrespect the fact that I really shouldn't be sitting here. I'm, I'm like a one half of a 1%. The short story long, the, the, uh, I was caught in an avalanche in Alaska working on a uh, campaign for, we'll just, so we don't put anybody at risk, just one of the world's top 50 brands. Wow. And um, was with, I was very knowledgeable. I'd spent a whole lifetime in the backcountry mm. Um, shooting the world's top, you know, ski and snowboard athletes, and just Mother Nature. She has a way of reminding us that she's boss. And a hundred small things stacked up. There was no one big indicator. Uh, and every, you know, everybody was with our crew. We had decades and decades of experience in the backcountry with avalanche safety. And I just my number got pulled. It's a numbers game ultimately. When you spend, you know, that was where most of my early creative work was in the action sports world, ski, surf, snow skate world and when a hundred percent of your time is in the two or three percent of the time that's most dangerous on unskied slopes you know in the way way out backcountry that never been you know touched just after a storm it starts to become a numbers game and my number got pulled and i had just photographed a, a woman who had made a bunch of turns um and we were starting to pay attention. There was just, you know, Mother Nature gives you a little bit of sign about what the, the changing snow conditions. Um, and then I was just skiing down to get into position for the next shot. And, you know, the whole mountain let go. And it was uh, about 1,800 vertical feet, about two or 300 feet across and about 10 feet deep. So just to give you a, a picture, that's enough to fill up, I don't know, five or 10 football fields with 10 to 20 to 50 feet of snow. So it is, and I, I, without going into the details, um, I managed to escape with my life. I thought I was sort of living the dream then, mm. you know, traveling. How many years ago was this? This was a long time ago. This is maybe 10 years ago. Um, but I was what I thought living the dream, traveling the world, you know, shooting for the top brands. And, and after that, I, you know, it's, it's something that shakes you to your core. I got up and went to work the next day. Wow. Um, which was, you know, something I had to deal with. Um, but it definitely made me feel like who I was really in service of was myself. 
and I was living a fairy tale life, traveling all over the world. It's it's as good as you think it is when you read about it in the papers. There's a there's plenty of grind that's not talked about, but it certainly made me look beyond what I was currently doing. It's like, wait a minute, this is not actually impact. Mm. Um, this is, you know, it's fun, but I'm taking pictures and I'm not really shaping public opinion or, you know, changing the world. And uh, so it helped me look more carefully at the work that I was doing, how I was spending my time, with whom I was spending my time, and reassess. And that certainly was a massive pivot or catapult onto sort of the next phase of my career, which was how do you integrate what you love with having impact? Mm. So you're a philosophy student, at least at one point. And you said part of what drew you to philosophy was that it gave you critical thinking skills. So walk me through or walk us all through, like what what does that introspection look like? Because you've had, I mean, from the outside, it looks like two sort of major moments where you're really reflecting that. And then when you decide that you're going to sort of leave everybody else's dreams to the side and you're going to do your own thing, whatever that's going to be. Yep. Um, I think it'd be super helpful to understand like what that critical process, or was it total yeah. gut and you were just looking for instinct? Uh, I think... Um, I got into philosophy based on um, trying to have an out for the career that everybody else wanted for me, which was, oh, you're smart and hardworking. Uh, well, I went to college on a soccer scholarship, first of all, and I think that's when you do that, um, you know, the, your, your whole world is focused on that thing because it's there's, you know, a small fraction of the folks who actually get to do that. Um, then have an opportunity to go on and play professionally. And, and I had that path available to me. And I started sort of second-guessing that path. And philosophy was this thing that I was interested in, mostly out of curiosity. I had some experience um, with visualization and meditation early on, specifically around sports and sports psychology, okay. how to be an elite performer as an athlete. And that was introduced to you by the teams you were working yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. I was on the, um, the Olympic development team, mm-hmm. um, which is just basically the, the team that they're getting ready to go for the Olympics every, every four years. But they keep it going in between the Olympic cycles. Uh, and when you have to go to school and you have to pick a major, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was pretty focused on soccer. And so what's the fallback? And I remember just asking friends and peers and the answers were like, oh, if you're smart and hardworking, you should be a doctor or a lawyer. Or I was like, oh, OK. And so I just literally started taking classes in pre-med and, and started, you know, volunteering at hospitals and just setting up that path, realizing only way in, it's like, wait a minute. This, I'm the only, like, I'm very different than everyone else who's in mm. this, uh, on this sort of path. Didn't feel good. So philosophy. Because they had, like, a drive for Yeah, that? a drive, a passion. And not that I didn't like caring for people. I mean, I sure. worked in children's hospital with super sick kids as my sort of rotation and getting experience. And it was just so depressing. So, I mean, the people that do that work, uh, it's, it's unbelievable the level of character and passion and focus that you have to have to... Stay on that in a in a world where you're you know all that stuff is so tearing you apart. Um, But philosophy, to get back to your original question, was it was an escape from that world. It was like, wait a minute, you mean I can get college credits for reading Nietzsche and Heidegger and about you know thinking about creativity? And it was actually the philosophy of uh, of art that got me most interested in art. I'd always been creative as a kid, but fundamentally sort of stuffed that down because when where I grew up, um, you know, suburbs outside of Seattle, 
being creative, you know, oh, he's the creative kid. That wasn't a good thing. That was like, wait a minute. Oh, they're saying I'm creative and that means I'm weird. Like I, I didn't, I didn't want to be weird. I wanted to fit in like most, you know, young, young kids. And so I was like, what, what is, what fits in? Like, oh, the captain of the football team. Like, great, I'll do that. And so it was really, I was chasing that dream, which was someone else's dream. I happened to be a decent athlete and it ended up, you know, guiding me to college. But there, I had always repressed this sort of creative side. When I started taking philosophy classes, specifically the philosophy of photography, the philosophy of aesthetics, and this was just part of the normal course of study, I was like, oh yeah, that, that part, that's a part of me. And started leaning more and more into that. And is it just like a sense of being more alive when you're doing it that you say it's a part of you? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's the part that you said at the end of your question around, is it really just intuition? And what I was doing was sort of justifying my intuition. Hey, I'm still going to get a PhD, mom. And I, I, I bailed on medical school after doing all the MCATs and all that stuff, the interviews. Going to go to the University of Washington Medical School, freaked out, bailed on that. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm still going to be, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm going to be a doctor, but just a PhD. How does that, is that, does that meet up with everybody's expectations of what a hardworking um, son should be? And ultimately, the philosophy part of that extension or the bullshit that I was feeding myself was critical thinking. Mm. It's like, wow, these people, like, I might not feel like the graduate student who's over there with the beret and the cigarette smoking <laughs> and talking about Nietzsche, but I was, I, I was learning and I was reading and being informed by, you know, everybody from Plato to Seneca to Nietzsche to, you know, just these big old philosopher names. And I realized only now that that was a foundation for A, critical thinking, but also it opened me up to, you know, when you apply critical thinking to yourself, mm. like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm actually living everybody else's dream for me rather than writing my own script. So that element of self-reflection that I gained from studying philosophy helped me like shake up the whole scene. Like, wait a minute, what? I, this is not what I, this is not who I am. This is not what I'm supposed to be. And, you know, you go back to, um, you know, childhood. Like, what is what are the things that, you know, you were excited about as a young kid? And that was making things. I was an only child. You know, I didn't have a lot of toys. I was like, hey, block of wood, go entertain yourself. So I had wild imagination that I had sort of been repressing for my whole life. And as soon as you talked about intuition, ultimately, I think this is intuition at work fighting against a lot of cultural forces. And, this, you know, I talk a lot about this today. Like, I bet if I surveyed everyone here in the room, that a good bit of them had been shown a path, shown the door. This is actually, this is what you should do. Mm. And I'm trying to get with Creative Live and with being on your show here, trying to get people to think like, wait a minute, am I doing the thing that I want to do? Or is it cultural pressure, pressure from my parents, pressure from the mortgage and the family to do some other thing? Right. And it's just lo and behold, there's a lot of people who, for whom that has, that has been a bigger shaper of what they're on their path to do as opposed to the thing that they actually want to do, which is governed by intuition. So in a long roundabout way through a bunch of um, experience, I learned the hard way and, but ultimately found my path. One of the things you've said, uh, this is going to be close to a direct quote, the most um, important thing that you could cultivate is the ability to listen to your intuition. Yes. So how do you cultivate that? Uh, self-awareness is huge. Like 
that that monologue that I just went on about all of the steps that I took to be able to self-reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, and does it start from like a feeling? It's certainly, there's always a feeling. And that's the thing that we are told, we are taught to ignore feelings. Mm. I think we've done a terrible job culturally, not just in the U.S., but in the West. We've done a very bad job of cultivating one's um, desire, expectation, ability to listen to our intuition. And it was, you know, we all have different paths, some through sort of grief, some through achievement, some through struggle to start to listen to. We all have that compass. What is it about grief? That one really stuck out to me. So um, is it like a big event that just sort of slaps yeah. you out of your normal yeah. way of thinking? I've, I, you know, as some, this really, this, this shit gets me up in the morning. So I've talked to thousands of people. I end up being, you know, when you do find your path and you're lucky enough to grab onto that string that gives you a hell of a ride, uh, which is what I feel like I've been on, you end up being a career counselor. <laughs> and that's what, I, and I love it. I end up, you know, talking to people. And I mentioned grief just off the cuff because I have had so many people, you know, toe-to-toe after I get off stage at an event or something saying, you're, you're, I, I knew who you were, but your message really resonated with me when, you know, my mom died, when I lost my husband, when I broke up with my girlfriend, when you know, I lost my house. So these, this process of grieving and realizing that, you know, either recognition of our own mortality or just some event, you're like, wait a minute, this, this is not all this stuff that I'm being programmed and told, like, that's not what this is about. Are you familiar with Jamie? I know, you know, Stephen Kotler. Oh yeah. Familiar with Jamie wheel, Stephen Kotler and their new book. I, yeah, I'm, I was exchanging emails with Steven in the car on the way up here. Really? That's yeah. crazy. Yep. Have you read it yet? I haven't. Oh, dude, you're going to love it. So the reason I'm going so deep in this question no, is, is like you, so many people come to me and they have a sense that they could do more, they could be more, but they don't quite know what that is. They don't even know how to like uh, put words around this feeling that yeah. they have in their They don't know how to start. Like, what, what's the first step? Like, exactly. Huh? And one of the, the parts of Stealing Fire is you have to learn to tap into non-ordinary states of consciousness, which is why when you said grief, I thought, yeah. wow, that's like, because they, they don't touch on stuff like that, but I yeah. think that that is literally what's happening is it's, yeah. it's You need someone to slap you out of the day-to-day exactly. because it's so easy to blame um, anything. We can blame the political environment. We can name, uh, we can blame our health. We can blame so many things on, oh, it's just easy to stay on this path. And whatever the thing is, that's why I mentioned grief, whatever the thing is that gets you out of that state of sort of um, numbness, you know, for me, it was an avalanche. Mm. Um, for me, it was a 10-year recognition. And to, to be clear, just for a second, small departure, like I grew up middle, lower, lower middle, middle class, white, suburban, and it was hard for me to resist all of the things that culture was telling me I had to be. Imagine... People who you know who have less opportunity, who are people of color, who are uh, females. Like I'm a huge I'm, I'm on this mission down here in LA. I've been focusing on interviewing some of the strongest females I know, trying to get the new the feminine is the new energy that I think our culture needs. But imagine if you had all those other disadvantages, how much harder it would be than it was for me. And it took me well, half a lifetime. And to me, that's catastrophic failure of our culture. That's sad. So the flip side of that, the flip side of that then is if we can increase our self-awareness, if we can program people through non-traditional channels, and ultimately I would like to see the school system change. I don't have a lot of optimism for that just based on the (laughs) varying trends, which is one of the reasons we created Creative Live. But 
if we can create a long-standing, something that has durability, a vein in culture, which helps people understand that you have to write your own script. Mm. And if you don't, someone else will surely write it for you. Right. And if we can sort of change that mindset, that's one of the things that I'm chasing. Um, we get little glimpse of, glimpses of it day to day. We get a you know, big dose of it at Creative Live. That's, you know, that's the thing that I'm focused on. So the fact that we all, collective consciousness, you, Stephen, uh, Gary, Tim, um, Ariana, Brene Brown, there, there's, a, there's a real, what I feel like is finally sort of a movement towards some of these uh, you know, these new ideals, to me, that's exciting. So you gave me the chills a few minutes ago talking about culture, talking about uh, the need for feminine energy, which is something that we're working on. But the whole, like, thing at Impact Theory is that. So if growing up in a middle-class environment, white, with privilege and all of that, you still have a hard time, how do we adjust culture enough to make sure that anybody, no matter where you grow up, uh, impoverished, um, undereducated, like whatever the, the thing is that you've got going against you, how do we really impact that culture? And it's, you know, it does to me also feel like a movement. There's a lot of people creating a lot of energy, creating social content, certainly. But where it gets really interesting to me is like what you're doing with Creative Live, where it's, it's foundational. And I don't think that we have to change the education system from within. For sure. You doing what you're doing with Creative Live becomes like a whole nother thing. We're trying to create not only social content, but traditional narrative content. Yeah. Because don't try to change behavior. That's my thing. That's Leverage right. behavior, yeah, right? Exactly. So I already know people are going to be watching movies, reading books, you know, watching Netflix, all that stuff. So now I want to sort of incept them with ideology by understanding how mythology works, how can humans consume it and pass on that yeah, ideology. Storytelling. It's a fun, it's like, it's been Campfire, caveman mm. time. You've said that the world thinks in narrative. I do. What do you mean by that? Uh, that's how we remember stories. That's how ideas are passed along that are sticky. Just, I think it's, as we're hardwired for, uh, for language, if you, you know, read any Noam Chomsky, we're also hardwired for narrative. Narrative is a product of language. And if, and you see that in pop culture, great storytellers, it's like the Pied Piper. Um, I forget who wrote the book uh, Tell to Win with Peter Gruber great book around yeah. around creating narratives to attach um, ideas ideologies um, and inspiration to and I think ultimately that's one of the reasons that I certainly not the original reason I went into it but now looking backwards that I was focused on telling stories as a creator as a photographer and a director was you know that's the use case that I can now carry into this part of my life, telling people stories, not just about avalanches, but about other people tapping into their most, you know, their most internal, authentic selves in order to direct their living, life, career, whatever, path. That's what makes that sticky, is narrative. So it's interesting, going back to narrative and, and narrative's ability to um, juxtapose ideas that may otherwise seem totally unrelated. I find it interesting that you credit a lot of your success being a type A hard driver, like busting ass, but that you've also found meditation and which, it, and I'll use um, my own experience, I see meditation as being very soft, like a nice yeah. contrast. So I meditate right after I work out because I like that juxtaposition yeah. of the intensity and then how rapidly can I sort of decelerate everything. Um, 
how has that friction helped you between being a type A hard driver? Because I know at one point you were like concerned that meditation was actually going to soften you in some right. way. We have, uh, I think Tim Ferriss and I, who Tim is a lovely human, we've been friends for a long time. Um, first of all, a, it was, I, I remember a couple of conversations about, isn't this edge, this like at, the, at your core, you've got a fire in your belly, you're driven, you mentioned sort of type A, hard charging, whatever words that you would associate with that. You start to believe your own story mm. that that is what has created your success. And we don't stop or pause. We're unwilling to part with that even long enough to see if that narrative, that self-narrative, is true. Because if we stop that hard charging type A aggro you know, undercurrent, will we lose a step? Will we lose two steps? Will we fall from the position that we've worked so hard to get ourselves into? I remember um, specifically exactly where I was sitting talking to Tim and he was feeding me this line. I was like, all those things you said, I thought the exact, and I can only say what my truth is. I can't say what your truth is, Tim, but just give it a shot. How about, what if you were able to think about that thing that you thought was propelling you is actually an anchor? That is the thing that is keeping you down or small or, um, or at some percentage of your potential rather than the way around. Try and tell yourself that narrative just long enough for you to take a break from your aggro, hard-charging, type A life. And you know, there's any one of these types of meditation I happen to steer Tim. And, and I, I found Transcendental Meditation, TM, tm.org, um, as one that was sticky for me. Tim, you know, ended up gravitating to that same thing. And when you are able to make that switch, you realize, as I did, I think as Tim did, that... And when you say switch, you mean switch in the narrative. Yeah, switch the narrative and change your daily habits such that meditation is a part of your day-to-day. For me, I was quickly easy to see that, oh my God, this is actually, it's like a rocket. It's like a booster because now everything around me is happening in slow motion. I don't get fired up. And it was a fundamental change in the way that I sort of interacted with the world. And I don't, it's like, I don't want to preach meditation because it's not for everybody. It, there is just, have you read Tools for Titans, I Tim's have. book? Oh, of course. The number one correlated thing across all those people, some sort of mindfulness practice. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Now you ready? Yeah. I'm going to be the asshole that says this for everybody. There you go. Because I'm just taking it from yeah. a neurological perspective. There you go. Like purely from yeah. a neurological perspective, because I know what's happening, right? You're yeah. tapping into the parasympathetic nervous system. You're calming down the sympathetic. Like it's just, it's uh, biochemistry, right? Yeah. So if, you're, if you believe in biochemistry, then give it a shot. I'm, I'm a huge advocate. I try not to sell it too hard because anytime someone's trying to sell you something, it feels, you know, feels inauthentic, but it's just giving me a lot of joy. Yeah. No, I, I think that it's... Um, like you, uh, actually, you embraced it pretty quickly. Like Tim, I did not. Yeah. And I really felt that it was super soft. And I never thought of it as like taking a step off my edge. It just felt like probably because my self-narrative, like growing up, I was uh, I was not good at sports. I did not feel overly tough. And so toughening up was like lesson number one for me as an entrepreneur. Got it. To not be the guy reacting like, hey, the sky is falling. I just really had to steal myself and work on mental toughness. And so that was like, I put so much energy into that for such a long time yeah. that by the time people were telling me, hey, you should meditate, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, and then I, how, long, how long into it before you felt a change in your own? The, the first day. Yeah. It was, it was so immediate and so massive because I was coming to it from the place of a Navy SEAL told me, stop being a dumbass, understand what meditation is doing to your brain, and just try it. Then it was like, okay, I understand what's going on from I'm trying to you know, 
the, you have gas and brake, right? So the gas is your sympathetic nervous system and your brake is rest and digest. It's the parasympathetic nervous yep. system. And so once he could explain it to me like that, then it was like, okay, I, it's not woo-woo anymore. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel like I'm sort of reverting back to my um, less than tough days. Yeah. And so when I sat down to do it and I could imagine what I was trying to do to my brain and the breathing and understanding diaphragm breathing and all that, like the... If you are used to breathing shallow and you just do one breath from your diaphragm, you'll feel it right away. Yeah, it's like a, it's a little buzz. A little yeah. yeah. And so as somebody who just sort of naturally runs at a high stress level, which I'll call background radiation, like if I don't meditate, my background radiation levels just creep up, creep like up, that. creep that's up. A good, that's a good name for it. Yeah. And so I just, uh, it, was, it was really, really, um, I, I, it was a lifesaver. In the sense that I think if I had continued to not meditate, I would have ended up overwhelmed or depressed. So I didn't, yeah. but once I started doing it and could reflect back, I was like, whoa. It felt like a dodging a bullet. Talk to me about visualization. How specifically do you do it? How concrete are the images in your mind? What's like the end goal? I read headlines, actual words in an article. I write an article. In, in your mind? Brain. I write a, an article or a press release or a... Like I'm literally reading the outcome as if it has already happened and being reported to Chase Jarvis wins an award for revolutionary new photo technique. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I try and be less me-centric. My, really? goal, my goals are a little bit um, in gr- involve like movements or groups of people or, or creative live. Um, but for the, I have personal goals for wow. sure. Um, but anything that's more public facing, I have a press release written in my head and I read it in my mind's eye every day, every morning. The same one, or you're constantly um, I'm, I'm, I have a, a base narrative that I go to, and so it's not literally the same exact words, mm. but it's same in principle. And I, yeah, I've I do never heard that before. It's super yeah. powerful. Um, with uh, sports, it was very much about trying to involve... Um, there's a, a component of relaxation prior to it, so I do it just after meditating. Okay. Um, you're more receptive. To, uh, I've learned through research and my own personal experience that you're more, your body, your mind are more receptive to, receptive to the suggestions. Uh, and um, I, in the sports world, I would like, you could smell the grass. I would see the ball going in the net. Would you I say would, I smell the grass? No. Or would you actually? I would, I have, in, in some cases, I talk to myself. I will like literally say the words out loud to give it an extra dimension, the, the audio dimension. Wow. Um, but incorporating sights and smells, what did it smell like? Like the, the, the paper of the contract being signed or like what did the ink smell like? What did the grass smell like on game day when the, you know, what was the experiences in your body as you saw the ball hit the net or like, yet again, whatever. I'm, I'm telling myself a complex narrative that I've 100% made up about the moment after you've realized the dream has come true. I've never heard anybody use words before. That's so liberating for me because I'm actually really bad at seeing something in concrete detail. And especially coming from you, I would figure as a photographer, like you can just sort of close your eyes and yeah. imagine like... Sure, I'm, and I'm painfully visual and that's part of the reason that I have sought these other senses, auditory um, words, um, even smell to, again, I, I mentioned a couple of times already, like smelling the grass what it felt like to be in the moment on the soccer field when you scored the winning goal or whatever the thing is. I just tried to incorporate more senses. Wow, that's really incredible. Yeah. Using words, that I'm going to try that. Language is, language is powerful. 
Yeah. Like words matter and uh, choose them. You know, obviously they can, especially in our culture now, there's a sort of in a post-truth world. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's this a goal to sort of erode the word. But the thing that the, my reason for knowing that words are powerful is the effect that they have on our bodies. I think Tony Robbins talks about, I might get this wrong, but you have to have the right state before you can tell yourself the right story, before you can get the right strategy in place. And anytime you try and go right to one of the other things, like if you try and go right to the right strategy, but you're in a shitty headspace, like you're not going to get the strategy right. So, you know, he calls his daily routine priming, um, whatever the, the, the activities that, you know, we all do every day or morning or in this case, visualization. If I, I realize that those things are true for me too. If I first and foremost can control my state, my emotional state, I can be in a positive headspace and know that the world's out there, you know, looking out for me, and that I am in part in control of my destiny. That helps me um, create a great narrative, whether this is a narrative of self empowerment or supporting others or just creating the world that I'm hoping to create. And then the strategy is like, oh, I have to wake up and I have to go do this thing or help this person or be receptive to these ideas such that I can, you know, tap into my dreams. Wow. So, again, I look at that whole world as really valuable. I think it's massively underappreciated. Uh, and, and, again, I'm sort of a, just, I feel like an everyday guy, just everyday Joe. And I have put these techniques to work for me. I don't preach them, but... I can't think of what my life would be like. You know, you talked about how what your stress level would be, what your health would be without some of the practices that you've, um, you know, you've made use of. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I can't even imagine. Uh, I wouldn't be on the show if it wasn't for some of these these techniques and tools. Yeah, I love that. You said that habits are like really important in your life, and I feel exactly the same. And when one of the goals of doing the show, and I've got to imagine it's similar for you, is to, sh- one, I don't want people to think that what I've achieved is a result of being extraordinary. Like, nobody thought anything of me as a yeah. kid. Yeah. Not voted most likely to succeed. Grew up in Tacoma, Washington, like, undereducated, in my opinion. And, um, but just started, like, brick by brick. You, like, today, I will start visualizing using words, which I have never Great. done before, right? So that's incredibly powerful. Goes. For sure. Yeah, it's powerful. So taking, like, those bricks... You get enough of them, and then you're able to execute at a higher level. I mean, that's like point number one to doing the show. It's pretty sweet. Incredible. And I want to talk. I also have a show called Chase Jarvis Live on Creative Live. It's like it's somewhat a selfish behavior because you want to sit down with the world's top experts. You know, that's actually why Creative Live exists because I wanted to learn from these people. I wanted, sure, I certainly wanted to give them a platform and connect the audience that I had built over years and years of hard work, accidentally built an audience and wanted to connect them with my friends who were the best in the world. But, you know, my, my personal interview show and in part Creative Live is very much about how can I be next to people who inspire the hell out of me? Um, and if you can add enough value to them, like I'm clearly going to get value from being on your show. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, tell me, is that one of the reasons that you started the show? 100%. Yeah. It, it, it's close to the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, just wanting to learn, you know, wanting to encounter people. And so, and at the time that we started, it was originally a show called Inside Quest. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we had 1,400 employees. And we had, in fact, this is something I want to talk to you about. We had this list of our core values. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want them to memorize it and not live them. 
And so I wanted to bring people in just because I was utterly convinced that some, there were 25 bullet points, that every guest that came on would relate to and just naturally espouse one, two, three, four, five of the different bullet points. And people would see like, hey, these are, because it wasn't like, this is what you need to do to be successful at Quest. This is what you need to do to be successful at anything. And so hearing these high level people come in and talk about it naturally and then be able to go, okay, yeah, that really is like exactly what is on this list. That was uh, that was a real big driver for me as well. So true. We talk about the same thing in creative life. We have core values. It's the thing we spend the most time talking about in our all hands meetings. Your core values are amazing. Walk us through a couple of the ones that you think are just critical. Since you asked me to choose a couple, I'll just choose the first three because I think they're the, the top ones, which is creativity, access, and community. So creativity. Um, I think it's the thing that, that differentiates us from so many of the species on the planet. Um, the fact that we can take two disparate ideas that weren't otherwise together, put those things together to make something new mm. and ideally useful. Um, can people train themselves to do that? Absolutely. It's not a, it's not a skill, it's a habit. I love that. Um, I How think does one get into that habit? You, you get into it by doing it. That's the thing. It feels very unnatural at first. And then, uh, you know, try things like morning pages, try things like creating something every day. Since we all have phones with us, it's very easy to do these things. Playing the guitar, taking pictures every day, writing in a journal, all those things will make you better brain surgeons, a better athlete, a better, like there's, the science is abundantly clear that creativity creates creativity. Uh, I should know the study. There's this great study that um, is, is unequivocal, like creativity creates creativity. Um, and it doesn't really, it's not necessarily field specific just there's yeah. new pathways in the brain of connecting unlikely things to make something new and useful so having that as a core value is a no-brainer um it is also you know that's one of my core missions as a human is to make the world a more creative place um second one access uh i realized when i decided you know threw away everybody else's narrative for me that i wanted to be uh, a creator a professional photographer and a director um, that when I looked around that I didn't have access to experts. This is really pre or early net. No, the idea of behind the scenes video like that, those words didn't even, right. they were never put together behind the scenes video. Like it wasn't a part of the lexicon of culture. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute, this is terrible because there are so many people, you know, they did call it mentors, but mentors were behind locked doors and, you know, and ivory towers uh, and buildings covered with ivy, and I didn't have access to any of that. <laughs> and uh, so I had to sort of take the swings myself, learn from experience. It's like, why am I doing this? And like so many other people could benefit. So mm. I started sharing that. That first sort of inclination of access is in part, uh, I believe, while I, why I was sitting here today, because I'm I have cultivated a world where that is normal, a world around me that's what Creative Live, um, obviously it's a core value there, but I started out as a photographer by sharing trade secrets. This is what it's like, this is my behind the scenes with um, you know, professional athlete X, Y, or Z, or this famous snowboard or whatever, and this is what it's like to suck, this is what it's like to get a job <laughs> and lose a job, and, and um, providing access to my life, and it was totally incidental. I was trying to help my industry mm. Because I figured if I could set a paradigm for sharing secrets about photography that I could actually, someone else would reciprocate and I could mm. learn something too. Um, that's access and community is our third one. Um, 
Community is also, I think it's fundamentally one of the reasons that I'm sitting here on your couch having built community and having, you know, when I mentioned earlier, why did you start the show? Well, you're also, you're building community. You're solving your, serving your own needs by, you know, having people that are inspirational to you sit here on the, on the chair, in the chair next to you, but everyone in the room and, and beyond. Ultimately, that distills to community and if you've given value to that community, I'm sure you've also received a ton of value, the folks who are liking and sharing and helping support your, your vision and mission here. Same is true for Creative Live. We have 10 million students. We serve every country on the planet. So this is crazy global community of creators who are all trying to figure it out, who are all told that you know, only some of us are creative. We're all told that in order to be a great artist, you you shouldn't touch business in order to be a business person. Then you just have to be cutthroat. And, you know, I just don't believe in those paradigms. And if we can learn and leverage one another's skills and share information, then how much better would the world be? So that's sort of three of the, para- three of the, the uh, core values, three of our, our seven. Mm-hmm. These are how we make decisions in the company. I love it. All right. Where can these guys find you online before I ask my final question? Oh, that was fast. <laughs> Whoa, uh, I'm on, I'm at Chase Jarvis personally. Creative Live is at Creative Live, all one word, on everything. Um, and to me, that would, that would bring me great joy if, I'm wondering if we could do something. You guys have some show notes. We'll try and do Absolutely. something for your audience. We'll try and get a special, a discount code or something. I'll work on that um, so that we can support your, your community. Um, and you know, that'd be my first and foremost ask is to go there. Um, come find me. I'm, I'm accessible using my core value. Um, all right, now you got a, you got a big question. I'm going to drink some water while you yeah, ask Yeah, take a sip. Like, take a sip. Here we go. The, the yeah, audience yeah, already so knows what I'm going to ask. I, all right. But uh, yes, what is, my friend, the impact that you want to have on the world? Impact. Ah. Um, I would like to help other people live their dreams whether that's in career, in hobby, or in life. Um, to me, that, that is an impact that has a lever behind it. But I have never seen or felt um, the world more alive, the people around me more alive, than when they are doing the thing that makes them feel great. And so if the impact that I can have is to provide more opportunities and more options and more focus on that as the goal of life, living your truth authentically, then I would die a happy man. That's incredible. Then tell them why playing it safe is the most dangerous thing they could do. I don't know if you heard Cuban recently came out and said that um, it's not programming jobs that are the jobs of the future because all those will be automated because when programming can program for itself... Mm. What do you need? You need creativity. You need ideation. You need the ability to differentiate, not just on math, because it's not all about math. It's math plus the human element. So creativity is actually the most valuable thing in the next generation. It is the first time in the history of the world where those systems that have been in place that were, quote, the safe bets, go to college, you know, get good grades, you'll get a good job, then you'll work for a company for 40 years, you get the gold watch, and you'll have a great retirement. That's just fundamentally not true. A, the school system's changing. It's being, you know, it's leaving behind so many people. 
um, B, employment. There's going to be, I think, 53 million Americans are going to have a side hustle by 2020. Whoa. And the four-year university is not at all set up to accommodate that. Not, not accommodate, it sounds like it's being graceful, to deal with that. Um, and if our parents had one job, we will have five. The next generation will have five jobs at the same time. And if you think along those, those paradigms, all of the old systems are completely inadequate. And that is why Creative Live exists. That is why that you're, you will learn an infinite amount of skills over the next you know, X number of years in your life in a way that's much different than the way you learned 10 or 15 years ago. And learning is the new sort of master paradigm. It's the first time in the history of the world that the safe thing is now the riskiest thing you can do. And if you're not paying attention to this stuff, like, you need to wake up. I don't know if you've read the headlines lately, but... And, you know, it's, it shouldn't be a fear thing. It, it should, maybe we change that and say, like, what an amazing time it is where we have access to this knowledge, where the, it doesn't cost a million dollars. Creative Life has a free option, and there's so many other learning sites. you just got freaking YouTube. Like, what are you doing? What's the next thing for you that is going to keep you on that path that I referenced earlier? I love that, man. Thank you so much. For Super grateful for having me on the show. Thank you. Guys, that last little bit of mental jujitsu that he did there at the end where don't think about it from a fear perspective. Start thinking about what an incredible opportunity you're living through right now in this world. That is Chase Jarvis. That is what you're going to find as you go deeper into his world and realize that that is what this man is about. He looks at the world with just a fresh set of eyes and sees solutions that other people don't see. And that's why as you dive into his content, he is going to slowly draw you into a world that will change you if you let it. Trust me, it is amazing. I am very sad that we didn't get a chance to talk about Kate and a lot of other amazing things. I'm telling you, what we touched on here today is the tip of an iceberg that has just an abundance of give to it. It is going to offer you things that you can't even imagine, so please take him up on it. Dive into his content. See what it's all about. It's really, really impactful, and it's coming from somebody who is truly a master of his game. And speaking on behalf of Creative Live, which I am not in any way, shape, or form affiliated with, but they have some of the greatest teachers on the planet, people that have won Pulitzer Prizes, I think. Uh, Sir Richard Branson talked about that in, in the intro. Dive into it, man. It's free. So that's how you change the world. You get out and you do stuff. You do stuff. You do stuff. And Chase Jarvis is a master of getting things done. My friends, thank you so much for joining us. This is a weekly show, so if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Chase. Thanks, buddy. That was great closeout. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Impact Theory. If this content is adding value to your life, our one ask is that you go to 